Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150 on this fine March afternoon. The week before the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show coming up this Saturday and Sunday. And they even have some events going on Friday night this year, which we'll be talking about on today's show. At CenturyLink Field Event Center, um, one of my favorite events all year. We've done a special show about it for the last five years and... Can't wait to be there all weekend long. We've got a great uh, spot this year, so we'll be in our booth giving out free water to everybody that people people and their dogs greatly appreciate. You can find more online at seattlekennelclub.org, um, also seattledogshow.org. You can find information on both those websites. Eric, it's a lovely day to take your dog for a walk, isn't it? It is, yeah. It may not be sunny, at least okay. not yet, but uh, it's dry, it's warm. What more can you ask for? Yep, lots of new smells, even go somewhere new, as we like to say. I bet there's plenty of new smells popping yeah. up out there yeah. after the rain. You bet. Well, with me in the booth today is Ranny Green. Um, so great to have you here, Ranny. Thank you, Julie. Uh, yeah, we met several or a few years ago at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. I was introduced to you by, I think it was Leslie, um, who's a yep, who's a Shiba Inu breeder and um, part of the Seattle Kennel Club. And um, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much. And Happy we're, to be here. Yeah, and we're here to talk about the event coming up, um, Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, as I just mentioned. And Ranny is a um, a writer and ha- has written. How long have you written for Seattle Kennel Club? Uh, I've written for them since uh, 2008, after I retired from the Seattle Times. So tell us a little bit about your um, just your background as a writer and who you are. Uh, my background in the pet arena probably goes back to the early 70s when I joined the staff of the Seattle Times. I had been a sports writer for the Tacoma News Tribune before that. And ironically, as I was ending my eight to 10 years with the News Tribune, I wrote a story about dogs. Imagine that. <laughs> and I received more input, more, there were, this was before the email era, more phone calls, more snail mail on that story than anything else I had written about in sports. At the time, I was covering the Seattle Supersonics and traveled with them uh, went to the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, covered that. Went to the 1969 Indy 500, covered that. So that really, there was a message there, I think. Uh, dogs, wow, imagine that. We owned a dog anyway. Well, my wife and I at that point uh, had a German Shepherd. And I because I traveled a lot and we lived on an acre in Federal Way, I kind of wanted some protection for her at that point too. Uh-huh. So anyway, we... Uh, got together with a trainer, a very well-known trainer in Tacoma at that time. And anyway, this dog became a finished, quote, pet guard dog. So I go to the Seattle Times after leaving the News Tribune in 10 years. I made a proposal to the Times. Why don't you consider a pets column? Mm -hmm. They'd never done this before. At that time, the Los Angeles Times syndicate uh, had a a writer there, and they they were doing that. But I suggested we need some more local stories. So it morphed from that into an every other week uh, pets column, and then a year later, the email and everything, uh, not, excuse me, not email, the snail mail and phone calls was such that they decided to go weekly with my pets column. Mm. 
started in 73 and it went all the way to 2000 as, wow. a, as a pets writer. What was that first story that that gave you that huge feedback from your readers? Uh, what was that about, the dog-related story? Uh, the dog, it was on a Sunday magazine section. It, it covered the Sunday, and this was kind of working, my wife and I working with this trainer for over a period of a year, what, sometimes once, sometimes twice a week. Yeah. And everything that went into that, yeah. uh, that we poured, our, poured everything into that, all of our emotions and concentrations and everything, and a lot of photos were used in that. And uh, the public just responded in enormous numbers. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was surprised myself. And then it kind of just took off from there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an intimacy to talking about dogs because they are family to most of us. And it sounds like the piece that you did, I mean, you know, especially talking about dog training is an is an intimate topic to really understand what's going on because it's communication within within a relationship. So I imagine, I mean, it, it sounds like you really went into a lot of depth with that story and that it really was like spoke to a lot of people. I, I kind of wrote it in a diary format where people could mm. follow us from week to week to week uh-huh. as to how this young dog and her name was Cindy, how she progressed through this training atmosphere. Yeah. And I began taking her to him uh, beginning obedience, which you know all about. Yeah. And as we gradually morphed into a, a finished guard dog is yeah. basically what she was. Yeah. Totally under our control at the time. Yeah. And the public just responded again. And it, I, I was just overwhelmed by the letters that we received. And I found something there, a, a niche that I had not intended to get into being a sports writer. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then when I got to the Times, it just took off. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. And this area especially, I think, is just um, really pet crazy, dog crazy in a good way. You know, here I am with a radio show all about dogs for five years. And there's the more I do this, the more there is to talk about. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, Now, you've written, you do a lot of book reviews and um, stories. You are the one who connected me last year with Janine Prindle, who I talked with as our feature for the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. She was there competing with her guide dog, Cranberry, um, and I got to meet them both. And um, so you've written about all sorts of topics. You've actually wrote an article about hospice. Is your column um, pretty much wide open as far as topics that, that, that you'll cover? I try to make it that way because I'm trying, trying to appeal to the general public in, in the main uh, next month's column with, with, the, with the Kennel Club will be a little bit more dog show oriented, but I try to write in, in a vein that I think that the average public would, would, would respond to, not, a, not an elitist vein in any way at all. I mm-hmm. want this to be something that everybody that went to that show or could relate to it would be very, very uh, understandable to them. Yeah. And that's the thing we were talking earlier about the Seattle Kennel Club dog show that I think people are really starting to catch on to is that it's not a sort of an exclusive atmosphere where you're, you know, in the industry or, or in the um, participating in order to go. I mean, it's really such a great event for people, for families to go to who just love dogs and who have never been to a dog show before. I mean, there's so much going on at this event, if you love dogs, you will love 
I mean, going to this event with all the demonstrations, we'll get in to a little more detail about what all is going on. Um, but there's, I mean, there's really something for everybody at this event. There's shopping, there's meet the breeds, there's, I mean, you name it pretty much. It really is a family-oriented dog show, unlike some others that, that, that aren't quite that much. Uh, again, from, from meet the breeds, it's very hands-on, and, that's, and it's oriented to you, the public, asking questions to these people. Uh, if you're thinking, just even beginning to think about, I need to get another dog, I'm, I'm thinking of getting another dog, this is the place to go. And this is the place to go and ask questions because in that venue, you've got people, uh, about 75 different education booths and animal welfare booths, many of those education booths being specific to, to breeds only. Yeah. Uh, and then again, you have the meet the breeds over in the other corner. Mm-hmm. Literally hands-on, you can ask these people questions about this, about this breed. Yeah, and such an important thing for people to understand about just dogs in general, if you're, you know, looking to get a dog, add a dog, you know, to understand what the genetics are behind the dog that you're potentially bringing into your home. Because a lot of people don't know and they, you know, they get a dog based off of appearance or they, you know, saw one and met it and they don't really understand some of the the challenge, strengths and challenges of different breeds and great opportunity to talk to these breed groups who really know, I mean, have an expertise about these individual breeds and really fun for people to get to actually meet these individuals too. Well, this really helps avoid, as you just alluded to, a lot of mismatches that people have read something about a particular breed. They've seen it in a movie and such. think this is the breed for me without doing their homework and bring it home. The one thing about this this show is that once you make the connection with these people, it doesn't end at the show site. You could call most of these people a week or two or a month later and say, hey, you remember me? I've still got some questions. Can I come out and look at your breed again? And 99% of them are very amenable to doing that. Yeah. Well, it's such a fun event. Um, it's this weekend, so March 8th and 9th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. And I'll say it now and um, will again throughout the show, too, that there is a Sounders game, um, a Seattle Sounders game going on on Saturday alongside the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. So uh, I'm, I've posted a link on our Facebook page, and I'll post a link on our homepage as well, where you can actually go and prepay for parking um, to kind of avoid um either having to park far away or having to pay a lot for parking, but just kind of a heads up for those people who might be planning on going on Saturday to try to maybe go around the Sounders game. And like I said, there's a link for parking on our Facebook page. And you can also find out more about the Seattle Kennel Club dog show at seattlekennelclub.org. Links to those all on our Facebook page and website, which is dogradioshow.com. And then, of course, on Facebook, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Ranny about um, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. And Ranny was also at Westminster, and there are some dogs who were at Westminster who will be at this show as well. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. He's a happy dog. Yeah. 
Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jana Rosewood, author of Are You Still Kissing Frogs? We cover the world of animals. This week, March 9th, we'll spring forward with Entertaining the Human Animal. Gifted Channel, Greg Bertoli will join us in the studio again. Through him, we'll talk with founding father and the inventor of Daylight Savings Time, Benjamin Franklin. We had a lot of fun last time, so plan to join us and give us a call if you've got a question for Ben. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural, alternative talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Or perhaps you're listening to Blog Talk Radio, or perhaps you're on iTunes listening to our podcasts. In any case, welcome back. And talking with Ranny Green, who is a writer for the Seattle Kennel Club. And um, you've also, you write for Westminster. What other, um, so you've been writing in the pet industry, I mean, heavily now for years. What are your... Um, current uh, outlets as far as your columns? Where are you? You know, How do people find your writing currently? Uh, basically, the site that you just said, seattlekennelclub.org. Uh-huh. Uh, anytime I've written any dog features relative to Westminster, it normally will segue over to the Westminster website as well. Okay. Uh, very heavily traveled website up until mid-February, so it, it show dates. So yeah. that's basically where most of it is right now. SeattleKennelClub.org. You can also find out details about the show, Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, this this weekend, March 8th and 9th at CenturyLink Field Event Center, all day, Saturday and Sunday. Don't forget, as it does every year, we have daylight savings that lands on that weekend. So don't forget to spring ahead either before bed on Saturday or when you wake up first. Actually, should do it before bed unless you're an automatic um, update your phone or um, alarm clock automatically updates because we lo- end up losing an hour over that weekend, which is a little rough. But um, So this is the 136th and 137th show, and the reason why there's two is because there's actually a Best in Show awarded at the end of each day. 
And there's two new breeds that are um, competing for the first time this year. Ranny, which, what are those two breeds? Uh, those two breeds, Julie, are the Rat Terrier and the Portuguese Padingo Pequeno. Uh, the Rat Terrier is kind of an all-in-one dog. It's able to do virtually anything it is trained to do. And it's easily trainable and exceptionally intelligent. Uh, it excels mostly in confirmation, agility, obedience, rally obedience, terrier racing, earth dog, barn hunt. The smallest of the Padingo family is the perky Portuguese Pequeno. It's an active rabbit hunter with a long history. It is still used today in its homeland by avid huntsmen. And basically, it's also entered in confirmation, agility, obedience, and lure coursing competition as well. Both of those dogs were new dogs at Westminster this, this uh, past month, and both were just extremely well-received by the media and the general public. They couldn't get, they couldn't get enough of both of these breeds. Yeah. Well, I've certainly seen a lot more rat terriers in the area here than the Portuguese Padango Pequeno. Never met one of those, but I look forward to doing so at the show this weekend. There is one coming up from California. We're only going to have one there. It's Uh somewhat, yeah, a a little bit of a rare breed, but the uh, one is coming. The one that's coming up from Napa, California was also entered at Westminster, too. Okay. Um, and that's the thing, too, is that the, if you're interested in seeing a specific breed actually in the confirmation part of the show, which is the part where you see them in the ring by breed, um, you can look up the show times for breeds of interest that you might have seeing because they have specific scheduled times where those breeds compete. Um, so check that out. You can check out the schedule um, as far as checking those show times and really the schedule for everything. So there are demonstrations going, and it, I, it looked like there was a new demonstration. Um, I think it was a explosive detection, the Boeing canine explosive detection. I think that's new this year, isn't no, it? No, it, they've been here the last couple years. Have they? Yeah. The mm-hmm. one new demo event this year will be put on by the Family Dog Training Center in Kent, and that includes a canine good citizen test demonstration. So if you're ever wondering what it takes to become a CGC dog, mm-hmm. they will be putting on a demo on Saturday. And then there's going to be a special, that same group will be putting on a talk demo about the interaction of dogs and children on Sunday. Mm. So different, different things to be aware of and bringing a new dog home with young children. Yeah, that's a great topic for sure. And then there will also be reading with Rover. Um, we'll be there with a demonstration, great organization. I will be participating again this year in the canine nose work demonstration with my little dachshund. Uh, Miriam Rose will be giving that talk again this year, and we've had her on the show a few times um, about canine nose work, and that's been a very well-received um, topic. I, I've got emails from all over the country after talking with Miriam about people who had found nose work classes in Michigan after they heard the show. So that was great. Uh, Utopia with herding dogs, um, Emerald City Canine Freestyle Dancers, always a crowd pleaser, that one where people actually do dance routines with their dogs. Seattle Police Department Canine unit officers and their four-legged partners will be there, too. Um, And you can also find the scheduling for those, which will be happening both Saturday and Sunday. And there's some stuff going on Friday this year. Uh, Friday evening, there's some free events kind of as part of this this weekend event. Also, Uh, CGC tests are being given. Um, And then there's also... um, 
an event about uh, sort of a miscellaneous breeds that people will be able to see, and these are free. Um, and this was something about the American Kennel Club Foundation Stock Service and miscellaneous breeds. Um, it, can you tell me a little bit more about what, what's going on with that on Friday? Yes, from 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday night, and again, it is free, and parking is free, too, uh, that evening. There will probably be, we're expecting anywhere from 12 to 20 of these dogs. It's being put on basically by the Hungarian Pumi Club of America. They're the host. There's going to be, I just found out today, there will be six of the Pumis there. Mm. There will also be kind of an assortment of other miscellaneous breeds, of which there are 19 miscellaneous breeds recognized by AKC today. Uh, many of those 19 will be competing Saturday and Sunday, but they are expecting, because entries don't close until Saturday or until Friday evening, that a number of those miscellaneous dogs will probably be at this event as well. So it's a chance to really see some breeds that you probably have never seen in your life before. Again, talk to the breeders, a chance to one-on-one, hands-on with some of these people that evening. Mm-hmm. And the best part is it's free. Yeah. And that's Friday night, um, 6 to 8 p.m., going on and uh, just kind of an added bonus this year to the weekend of events. And again, that this is really such a fun event for people who love dogs. And it's not not a, uh, you know, an exclusive event where you have to be sort of in the community participating. It isn't something that you'll bring your dog to with you unless your dog is actually participating in some sort of event or show over the weekend, but feel it's a great family event. Um, so much going on, really something for everybody. Um, the agility trials are one of my favorite parts that just really go on all day, both days. And you really get to see some high, high level competition, which is for me, you know, with my expertise in training and behavior, anywhere that I can see that human-dog relationship and and uh, communication working well is so pleasing to me to see that. And, of course, the dog's just having a blast, um, you know, running through the the, uh, the course. And if you're not familiar with what agility is, it's like a, you think of it sort of like an obstacle course with very specific um, props that the dogs have to move through in a certain way. So there's a lot of training involved in doing agility. It's not just a free-for-all. As you will see, it will become very clear to you as you're watching it. But that's going on pretty much all day, both days, and a really fun aspect. And I think just really exciting for people to see and all different types of breeds. And of course, now people can participate with um, mixed breeds as well. I don't think there's an event there uh, in the two days that that better amplifies the human-animal bond than that. Uh, Westminster this year had a special agility meet on Saturday before the before the two day event, and they sold out that one day. Mm-hmm. And the TV ratings were just incredibly high. Yeah, action packed. It's just what Americans love. It is, and the the bleachers that they set up, uh, the stands for people to sit in, are always packed for those agility, um, the agility at the Seattle Kennel Club. Now um, there are some Westminster dogs who will be at the Seattle Kennel Club dog show. And uh, it sounds like the Pacific Northwest was well represented at the Westminster Dog Show this year. It, it was very well represented. And we're actually going to have three Westminster Best of Breed winners here at Seattle this weekend. There's a Shiba Inu from Spok- the Spokane area. There's a Tibetan Mastiff from, from uh, the owner is from West Seattle. 
And then there's a Wheaton Terrier uh, owned by Elena Landa, one of the premier Wheaton Terrier breeders in the country, will be competing here on Sunday only. Mm. So, yes, we we have a taste of Westminster coming our way. Uh, Two-sevenths of the Westminster final seven this year had local ties, but unfortunately for us, those two of those dogs, uh, Allie, the standard poodle, and uh, Riley, the uh, Irish water spaniel, are both being retired. Mm. So neither of those will be here. But again, it speaks volumes about how good the Northwest is in in dogdom, so to speak. Yeah, I know. And I I saw the Irish water spaniel, um, a breed that I'm familiar with only from my training history and where I came from there. But um, and I think that they had said that that um, that dog was a local dog, too. And I was like, oh, that doesn't surprise me. But <laughs> um, it's cool to see these unique breeds and to, you know, that's a, such a wonderful breed. I work with a lot of Shiba Inus in this area. Definitely a breed to um, get to, you know, learn a lot about the breed. And um, they are so, so cute. And they also um, require um, someone who's generally pretty savvy with dogs, too. So. Um, those ones can be can be tricky because they're like insanely cute and they look like these little foxes, but do not underestimate the Shiba Inu. Um, so yeah, lots of local local dogs that were at Westminster will be at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Soft coated Wheaton, Shiba Inu, and Tibetan Mastiff will be competing. The soft coated Wheaton will be there um, only on Sunday, and um, you know when we. Come back. We're going to take a quick break here in just a minute. And when we come back, I want to talk with you a little bit more about um, your your writing. And uh, there are some interesting points that I saw in the information that you sent to me, Ranny, and your really, you know, long experience of writing in this industry and to kind of talk about how you've seen it change over the years as well. Um And it's uh, such an interesting story when you were talking earlier in the first segment about the first story that you did that was dog related and sort of the rush of feedback that you got from it. And then that started this whole career in writing just about pets. Now, do you focus on dogs or pets? When I was doing my column at the Times, I was focusing on pets. Right now, it's more obviously writing for the kennelclub.org site. I'm focusing on dogs. Dogs, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so the website is seattlekennelclub.org. You can find out more information about the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is this weekend, March 8th and 9th, Saturday and Sunday, all day, both days. Heads up on Saturday if you're going. Maybe try to avoid the Sounders game that is also happening that day as well. Um, You can prepay for parking. There's a link to that on our Facebook page, and I will also post a link to that on our website, which is dogradioshow.com. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're talking with Ranny Green. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. There I was with the old man Stranded again So off I'd ran A young world crashing around me No possibilities Of getting what I need He looked at me and smiled said, no, 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 child See the dog and butterfly up in the air This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog. 
thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making the natural choice. That's the Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Please join us. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. News, traffic, and weather? Now you can get your information fixed weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Dog and butterfly. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and we are back talking with Randy Green today, uh, preparing for the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is this weekend, March 8th and 9th, Saturday and Sunday, all day. And they also have... Uh, some fun stuff going on Friday night as well. If you're inclined to head down there 6 to 8 p.m., you'll be able to see some of the miscellaneous breeds um, competing in various things on Friday night. Um, Ranny is a writer for the Seattle Kennel Club and has written on the topic of pets and dogs uh, for decades now. And um, so Ranny wanted to sort of take advantage of your experience and perspective and just kind of hear some um, stories that stick out to you in your um, past that uh, you'd like to share with the listeners. Julie, I think two stories in particular really resonate with me. Uh, If we take it chronologically, I would say uh, Katrina. Mm. Uh, the Seattle Times at the time where I was writing for them sent me down there, and I was basically embedded with an organization called Noah's Wish, mm. which is one of the premier animal rescue groups, pet disaster animal rescue groups in the country. And I went down there uh, really not knowing what I was up against and uh, spent, as I say, 12 days down there. And I, I, I wanted to, to do something different. I didn't want to go down there as a reporter. I wanted to go down there as a hands-on reporter. I wanted to be able to do everything that all of these 800 volunteers that we had down there were doing. Mm. And basically, I was able to do that. I was basically cleaning cat cages. I was walking dogs two to three times a day. Mm-hmm. We were cleaning, uh, getting in the back of huge trailers and unloading all of the volunteer dog food that was being brought in from all around the country. Mm. But probably the most memorable thing, I was working with animal control. We were in Slidell, Louisiana and basically went into the homes to be able to rescue some pets that were left behind. 
and talk about gut wrenching and talk about memories and such, those still are are with me. Mm. Uh, one of the animals that was in the shelter, we had eighteen hundred animals in the shelter. Uh, some were reclaimed by owners, some were never reclaimed. I ended up bringing one back with me, mm. little dog, a little Sheltie Corgi mix called Abby. Mm. Uh, she was with us for two years before she died of congestive heart failure. Mm. But we drove, uh, myself and another uh, volunteer from Seattle in her, in her rental car, drove through Hurricane Rita, which was following Hurricane Katrina. Wow. From Slidell, 13 hours straight to get to the Dallas-Fort Worth airport to see if we could get a ride, <clears throat> see if we could get a plane ride back that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had closed off because of the oppressive heat at that time. Many of the airplanes were not accepting dogs. Right. We got in at 3 in the morning. It looked like we probably had descended on them from a different planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were bedraggled and everything had gone mm-hmm. through, the, again, about 13 hours of driving through this hurricane. And anyway, we lucked out. We were able to get on the next flight out. They comped our airfare, Air, American Airlines, for which I'll be forever grateful, mm. and ended up coming home with, with Abby and had two wonderful years with that dog. Mm. But all of the experiences of Katrina, living that, living that uh, and being a part of that will, will never leave me. Mm-hmm. I think the second one, the most memorable, is a little bit more recent. Uh, I was the first... And I'm very, very proud of this. I was the first U.S. journalist allowed into the schools at Sandy Hook in Newtown. Wow. I had uh, a lot of fairly big names, from what I've been told by the people there, had applied to come in and talk to the kids. Uh, They were all turned back. Uh, Two people were my advocates back there all through this. One was uh, both of them involved in the therapy dog movement in Sandy Hook. Yeah. And one of them was a Westminster entry. So they both knew of me. Mm-hmm. And thank God my reputation preceded me there because here is this writer from Seattle who nobody knew mm-hmm. wanting desperately to get in and talk to these kids. Well, it all became a reality in June when I was able to get in there and spent two days in the schools talking to the kids mm-hmm. uh, and ended up writing two stories for, again, SeattleKennelClub.org on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you this and tell your listeners this. This is something that a lot of the people in this area don't know yet, and I didn't want to let it out, but it's been let out already back east. I was fortunate enough to win a writing award for my Newtown story Mm -hmm. uh, from the Dog Writers Association of America. It's kind of like a gold medal that they give you. Yeah. I told the people that night, and I got a little bit teary-eyed when I was presented this award, that I'm taking, it's a gold medal, just like they put around the, and I brought one with me, and I'll show you later. Uh I brought it with me. Uh, I am going to present this to a young girl in Newtown mm. in, in late April. So I'm taking my medal back and putting it around her neck. Aww. This was one of the kids that where it was highly impacted by the therapy dogs. Yeah. Uh, and she w- was with them for more than six months. Mm. So, again, you just never know where, where the dog world is going to lead you or the pet world is going to lead you. But I must say in my 40 years of doing it, I've had many, many upbeat stories like this that have happened. And Mm. I've met many, many wonderful people like yourself, too. Mm. It's such a powerful connection. I mean, it's it's I mean, your examples, there, very intense uh, experiences. I can only imagine, Um, you know, being in Katrina and actually helping the animals who needed help and um, and then witnessing the the power of the therapeutic aspect of the relationship 
especially, well, not especially for, but with children, I think it's a little different. I've talked with courthouse dogs before on the show, very powerful work that they do with a lot of children and just the level of comfort that dogs can provide people instantly. It's just, it's really powerful. And I, it's well, great. So amazing that you got to actually get in there and even talk to them. I can see how you'd be so proud of that. That's I really am. And, and somebody asked me, how did you, how did you manage it once you were in there? And I thought about this on the plane ride back there. How am I going to do this and make a, establish a comfort zone with everybody there, yeah. the teachers, the counselors. I decided the best way to do it was to get down on the floor and get a circle around me, and we would just we would literally just rap and talk. And yeah. I asked, I had some questions I wanted to ask him, and I was taking notes as we go. Yeah. But I was on the floor, and it established immediate comfort zone. We had some therapy dogs in there with us, yeah. and it just made the whole process so much smoother. Yeah. Mm, amazing. And congratulations on your award, too. And I hope that there will be uh, some follow-up on your experience um, presenting that. Thank you. To that little girl. Yeah. Thank you. I know she's looking forward. It's it's going to be a surprise to her. Her mom knows this, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be a surprise to her mm-hmm. totally. Um, so one of the things that I saw in the piece about your award, and this was with the Dog Writers Association of America. I didn't even know that these guys existed. That there was a Dog Writers Association of America. But one of the things that struck me was... Um, they said that uh, dog writing um, rarely is appreciated by those who don't practice it. And I thought that that was an interesting um, kind of thing. And as someone who's a professional in the industry with a, a, a high level of expertise in this dog-related field, there's something about dog being like a a person who works with dogs that it's almost seems like there's like always going to be this cute factor that kind of clouds uh, being taken seriously or something like that. I thought it was interesting that they had that perspective that they didn't feel like um, dog writing is appreciated by those who don't practice it. Do you, what's your perspective on that? I'm not sure that that, that's the case. But what has happened uh, with the decline of newspapers in the last, uh, well, probably last decade is that many, many newspapers have dropped what, like what I was writing, their pets column. Uh, some, a lot of it there is predicated on the lack of space that they have today versus some of it is salary because a number of those people are freelance writers mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still get as much input from my what I'm writing with the Seattle Kennel Club site uh, is I used to when I, in the last days when I was writing for the Times, yeah. despite the fact the Times has got terrific circulation and it is the number one media outlet locally. Yeah. But uh, when I went to the Kennel Club to propose to doing a column because all the newspapers were dropping columns, they jumped at it right away, knowing full well that they needed a link to the to the main public as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not sure I totally answered your question right, but I. Well, I think it was the um, this sort of sense of not um, of being an underappreciated field, at least in what they're talking about as far as writing goes. Um, it was in this piece that I got, um, and they had just said that, and I thought that was interesting because I've felt that where uh, I don't know, and I don't know if it's just because people don't understand what you know. 
it's that it's pet related. So it has this, I don't know, it's like an interesting phenomenon, but it struck me as um, something that they have noticed. And so I thought, and it doesn't sound like you've really experienced that, which is a, a credit to your reputation then in the industry. Um, and certainly not something that I share because of course it's my probably most, you know, my most passionate topic is anything dog related. Um, but now how long has the Dog Writers Association of America been around? You can trace its roots back to 1935, wow. believe it or not. And after I started writing the, the column at the Times in the mid-70s, I was told about it. And they said, this is something that you really need to join because it, it's, it, it's a chance to really connect to writers all over the country. And yeah. now the writers are bloggers and now they're editors, et cetera. So it, it's morphed into a number of different arenas mm-hmm. rather than just pure writing now. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of story ideas can come out of that. Somebody in the East might suggest a story about something that you hadn't really even thought about. So yeah, for me, I joined in 75. So it, 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 it's been well worth it. It's been well worth it. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of new friends in the professional arena too. Yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure. And I can appreciate the, I mean, I've gotten some great um, leads to not just shows, but um, books because I, I interview authors. I don't write reviews for them, but I talk to them and talk to them about their book. And I've seen we've had some books in common and I've also gotten some great um, I have book ideas from you also. So I can appreciate that advantage for sure. Um, well, you, speaking of your writing in the industry, you wrote a column or a, um, a piece about um, hospice, um, animal hospice, this so was a few years ago now? I'd several years ago, yeah. I yeah. would probably say three or four years ago anyway. And it, uh, in, in your um, article, you talked about um, a local vet who's one of the founders of the AHELP Project, which, if you're a listener of this show, are very familiar with this organization that uh, provides um, animal hospice, end-of-life, and palliative care, so comfort care for Pets and their people um, really specializing around the end-of-life process, however long that may be. And um, when I mentioned to Michelle Nichols, who I'm going to have on in just a couple minutes in the last segment, talking about their big fundraiser coming up, and um, she heard that you were going to be on. And she said, oh, Randy, you know, wrote a piece about hospice, so I got to read that too. And uh, it was interesting to see because it is a few years old now because it is such a new movement to kind of appreciate even how far it's come in just a few years. So, Oh, it's come a long ways. And uh, I credit Michelle and Dr. Tina Ellenbogen as well mm-hmm. for, for what they've done. They, they've they stuck with it in tough times when a lot of people yeah. kind of poo-pooed the idea. <laughs> and I hate to say it, including some professionals in, in their own field too. Yeah. But there's no question that the, the, the need is there. Yeah. Well, um, Randy, all of your um, writing is archived, I assume, on the SeattleKennelClub.org website. Yes, it is. So you can find um, Randy's writing on the Seattle Kennel Club's website. You can also find out information about the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, all day, starting at 8 a.m. Um, and goes, it says until 6, but... It's usually winding down, I think, closer to five. So um, definitely show up, I'd say, before four if you want to get in on some heavy action. There's agility demos going on. 
you can check the schedule if there's specific breeds you want to see or if there are specific demonstrations that you want to see. Um, you can uh, find the schedule on their website, too, so that you um, see what you want there. And it's really open. It's a family event. You don't have to be a, a dog-savvy person to appreciate it. I think that's actually um, just a great um group of people that this event is there for are people who just love dogs and there's so much going on. It's so fun. Be sure to come by the dog shows. Um, My dog show, the dog show with Julie Forbes. Uh, We have a booth there every year and we'll be giving out free waters and um, be sure to come by then. We'll be in a main intersection. So we'll be easy to see. And Randy, I'll look forward to seeing you over the weekend. Likewise. And don't forget to turn your clocks ahead one hour uh, Saturday night uh, because we do have daylight savings going on, too. So don't forget about that. So when we come back from break, we'll be talking with Michelle Nichols, who's the one of the founders of the A-Help Project, about their um, big event coming up at Northwest Cellars, a fundraising event for A-Help Project. Really looking forward to this event. Um, Randy, thanks again. We'll see you this weekend. We'll be back in just a few minutes with The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. If only I could have a puppy I'd call myself so very lucky Just to have some company Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jana Rosewood, author of Are You Still Kissing Frogs? We cover the world of animals. This week, March 9th, we'll spring forward with Entertaining the Human Animal. Gifted Channel, Greg Bertoli will join us in the studio again. Through him, we'll talk with founding father and the inventor of Daylight Savings Time, Benjamin Franklin. We had a lot of fun last time, so plan to join us and give us a call if you've got a question for Ben. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150 and uh, we're back with Michelle Nichols on the line. Michelle is one of the founders of the A-Help Project, which is the Animal Hospice End of Life Palliative Care Project. Michelle, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So um, wanting to focus, I've been talking about this now for the past couple weeks, 
um, a helps um, big event uh, coming up here at the end of March. Uh, friendship celebration uh, fundraiser at Northwest Cellars. Yes. So what all is going on um, during this event? Um, now, so it's a fundraising effort to support the A-Help Project, a nonprofit organization that I'm on the board of directors for um, that really supports pe- pets and their people, um, especially around the end-of-life process. Um, really, really special work. A very sweet work. We've had some really great events um, over this past year, um, really touching, powerful stuff. And I've, if you've missed or would like to hear any of my interviews with Michelle, you can find them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, or on iTunes as well as a free podcast. Just look for Michelle Nichols and the A-Help Project. So, Michelle, um, tell us about this event. I mean, it's going to be at Northwest Cellars, so there's going to be some wine tasting going on. What else is going on? Well, we have lots of um, great things planned. These are always really fun events. We This is the fourth event we've had at Northwest Cellars. And um, basically, uh, we will have uh, lots of um, exciting things. Uh, we'll, of course, have the wine tasting, um, your uh, $10 donation, um, an advanced purchase covers five um, wine tastings and uh, a raffle ticket with potential to win prizes for you and your pets. Right now we've procured about um, t- from about 12 vendors, and um, we're expecting a lot more over the next month. Uh, we'll be having um, treats, dog treats, and non-alcoholic refreshments uh, for two-legged and four-legged guests. Um, we're really excited to um, always be serving those, um, oftentimes on a silver tray, so it's kind of fun, uh, for the dogs, that is, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have dog rescue-inspired live music from pianist uh, Marilyn Milano, and um, just basically opportunities to talk about folks um, that have, uh, you know, your uh, interests in caring for your animals across their lifespan with loving lifetime care. Um, we will always um, talk about caregiving options that people might consider um, in end-of-life care, but also just what we call palliative care or comfort care. So there's lots of good options um, that people can um, use in order to support quality of life, mm-hmm. not only in their pets, but also in their in, in people and families as well. Yeah. Well, it's such a, um, I mean, it's such a tender uh, topic, certainly one that a lot of people just avoid as a way to protect themselves mm-hmm. and fear. I mean, I remember my first dog, um, and that was like, uh, I think it's been a while since I've had you on the show for the first time, but it was such a profound experience for me. And certainly um, part of that reason was because thinking of his passing was like the most terrifying thing I could imagine. Like, oh, and, you know, and then it happened and then it was actually a really profound experience. And, you know, to really support people and their pets through this very sacred time, um, to provide as much ease and comfort as possible in navigating that. And and one of the things that I've seen a lot in writing about um, really this movement is, is to really minimize regret afterwards and to mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard enough as it is and we don't need to add in 
further complications and it can be really overwhelming. It's hard to make choices when you, there's such high emotion. And so that support is so invaluable. Um, mm-hmm. And to really have this movement where it's available for people and their pets is is growing. I mean, it's new for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is basically what we do with A-Help is helping folks to plan their animal's path and then being like-minded and we get it, right? Mm-hmm. We'll walk with you every step of the way. Um, in order to um, help build a plan, as I said, build a backup plan and then a backup to the backup plan. Mm-hmm. And um most often, again, that is the path of least regret that we can leave people with. It can be a, uh, although bittersweet, it can be a beautiful time as well. As you mentioned, yes. you know, you really can't, it got, gives you opportunities for growth yes. through that time. Um, a lot like people experience through human hospice care. Yeah. And that's why we've taken that philosophy or that model of care and applied it to the animal world. What have you found to be the the area that you've noticed as you've done this work now for years that people sort of commonly need, like common questions or common areas of support for people specific to this time? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that one of the things that we all say we want is we want them just to be comfortable. We want them to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they have um, a dignified ending, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to um, create that, there are so many options, things that you can do, providers that can get involved, um, animal massage therapists, um, even things like uh, you brought up canine nose work earlier in the show Mm -hmm. and the fact that you've used that for your little dachshund. So, you know, if you have uh, a working dog like your, um, you know, your Australian Shepherds and your Border Collies and your own dogs, Julie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Working dogs that really need to keep busy and yeah. uh, in order to promote quality of life will make those kinds of suggestions. Get involved with uh, canine nose work if, if you um, know that your animal's just getting on in years. Or even a simple thing like touch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> touch here or go find it. Mm-hmm. Um, ways that you can really keep their minds involved and promote support quality of life. Also, excellent nutrition, right? There's things that we can do to keep them, you know, eating and strong, healthy mm-hmm. as long as we can, as I, well as we can. I just had a, uh, a help moment um, that I might have to share with you off air, but I, I met a, um, a pug who was a resident dog at a furniture store, and she I could just tell she was sort of strong you know, elderly and kind of struggling a little bit. And so I got in a conversation of food and uh, in just a few minutes, got that dog off of processed food and onto the natural pet pantry. The dog's <laughs> going to be so excited. They're yeah, cooked. Yeah, uh, great. Well, your fo- nutrition consultations food. are really valuable, you know. Yeah. And so another S- example of providers that we could get involved that can uh, really help support the families and give them ideas. Think outside the box, you yeah. know. Step so, Michelle, away. before we run out of time, and we'll yeah. I'll be talking about this in the week, every week coming mm-hmm. up, but just real quick, Northwest Sellers, what's the date of the event? 
Oh, yes. Um, Saturday, March 29th from okay. 1 o'clock to 4 p.m. Okay. And how do people, where do people go online to find out more information and to maybe pre-register? Mm-hmm. So you can go to our ahelpproject.org website. Mm-hmm. There you'll find links okay. to, to uh, buy tickets. And you could also go to northwestsellers.com and then um, click on events and then click on um, sign up. Okay. Well, I'm going to post all of those links on our on our homepage, dogradioshow.com. Thanks for your time today, Michelle. We look forward to this event. Rani, I'll see you this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Mm-hmm.